2: Hello everyone and welcome to Therter's Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and today we are going to be chatting about mental health, uh, dealing with balance, dealing with just life in general, and how to structure a reselling business or any business that you may have around that. Um, I feel like there's a lot of talk about balance and stability in the community and i think it's a great topic for us to chat about so today we have jamie on the podcast who was here last season uh and i think back in season two maybe uh so you guys loved her when she did her brands episode and she's a big mental health advocate so i thought she'd be great for this episode so we will see you at the table Hey everyone! Welcome back to another episode. Um, today I have Jamie with me. Hi, Jamie. Yeah, hi. She's back, guys. I know you guys loved her in the episode that she did. I was just actually just telling her that how much everyone enjoyed her episode and learned so much. And oh, stop. <laughs> they did. They they loved the content, and I mean Jen and I did too because we learned so many brands that we never, never heard of. Hey,
0: I'm glad. Um,
2: Yep. So we're going to do another one of those probably in the spring. So stay tuned for that. But today we're going to have a totally different conversation. And I feel like Jamie's a good person to talk to us about this and talk to me about it too. Um, And it's about mental health and really checking in with yourself and how you're feeling and then aligning all of that with your business. Um, And that you can apply this even outside of reselling, like even to your full-time job or whatever it is that you do out there. I think we have been in this weird rat race over the last few years, and a lot of people are feeling that burn. They're feeling like they're out of touch with who they are. They're feeling out of touch with just things that they used to love doing, and then they stopped because this side hustle, this hobby, turned into... This lucrative business, and now this business overruns their life. They're not spending time with family. They're not doing those things that they once did. Um, I know we're seeing a lot of this in the community as well. I've seen a lot of larger influencers in the reselling community post about it, and you know, taking step backs and really focusing on family. So Jamie is a big mental health advocate, as okay. am I. So um, I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing with everyone. You have to go into specifics, obviously, but like your journey of mental health and how it's helped you kind of get into a good place with just life in general.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I've always struggled (laughs) with my (laughs) mental health. Um, I um ever since I was a little kid, like I'm an extremely sensitive person and I have always been like a very a highly sensitive person. An HSP, shout out to all my other HSPs out there. But um, I grew up in a family that was not, um, there were, uh, my both my parents are immigrants um, and they both, my mom has literally stated, said the sentence, we didn't have time for sensitivity or mental health growing up. And so when I was born <laughs> and I was very sensitive, they were very confused. And so I was always kind of um, taught that that those big feelings and that sensitivity was bad, was a negative thing to be. And so um, I learned to kind of tamp that down and hide that part of me around the people who, you know you really want to accept and embrace and and nurture those parts of you and that's something that I've definitely been working through throughout the years. I'm going to be 35 this year and it's still like a constant mm-hmm. you know, a constant um thing that I'm thinking about. And so, you know, I learned to to seek external validation as a kid. Like I was I learned how to read when I was 2. I was always like in the in the gifted programs at school and I you know I was a singer and I was always the star of the shows in high school and so because that's how I learned um that I was good in my in my family's eyes and I always knew that they loved me but um feeling like truly accepted by them was something that I wanted so badly to feel and I never really really felt that. And so in my journey as an adult, I've kind of seen how I have stayed in those patterns, kind of seeking external validation and, and only feeling worthy when I'm achieving something. Um, And I think a lot of people can relate to that. um, Because I know a lot of people have similar stories, or whether that's put on by their families or by themselves um it's really it's really easy to feel validated by external things because it's tangible stuff you know what i mean um whether it be grades jobs income um anything and i became an actor <laughs> so that as you can imagine is a very difficult and stressful industry to be in um and you have to have a really thick skin which I um don't <laughs> so I've had to find other ways to cope with that, um, and also that's another thing where it's like you're constantly seeking external validation, and there's so much that's out of my control when it comes comes to that industry um that that's when like the anxiety creeps in, you know what I mean? And I was just
2: gonna say, you picked the wrong profession to be in, my friend. <laughs>
1: Tell me about it. I'm like, okay, what can I go back to school for? Um, I mean, I, I love it. And I think it's an important art. And it's something that, you know, I'm still really passionate about. So I do want to continue pursuing that. But it has been such a challenge to find ways to really allow myself to be okay with not having everything figured out and it is something that i'm constantly learning um how to do and which is to not you know base my self-worth off of external validation whether that be in acting whether it be from my parents whether it be from friends or a partner or my reselling business like mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's important for every individual person to kind of figure out tools that they can use in order to help them feel okay on their own. And, and it can be really hard when you're, you know, juggling so many things in the air, which I know uh, most people who listen to this are, you know, whether it be other full-time jobs, whether it be family whether it be personal issues, whether it be health, there's so much like life is so hard. (laughs) You know what I mean? Life is so hard. So um, I'm really glad that mental health is something that's being talked about more just in general in the world, but also in the community. I think it's really helpful to see people be honest about that stuff because it's so easy to see just like you know, the big mm-hmm.
0: numbers, and like,
1: so easy to compare yourself to other people. And it's just like, that's all noise. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. You don't know how they're feeling inside. And so it's really, I think it's really, really important for people to share their experiences, um, if they want to, because I know it makes me feel better. <laughs> you know, it makes me feel less alone um and i think that's something that we're all kind of needing right now
2: yeah so last year we did the whole mom series right and that really resonated with a lot of people because there are a lot of reselling moms in the community and it's very helpful for them to hear that aspect of it this year we we have felt like the mental health and balance part is a really important thing to highlight into our season um and be a theme not every week but like throughout the season because it's such a real thing and like the world is so hard to live in right now whether it be work whether it be finances whether it be schooling i mean there's just so much that's happening like from 2020 to now first of all it's a blur right 2020 to now is a blur but i feel like we're starting to wake up but we don't know what to do like we're just in this weird like haze and i th- i think in the reselling community and i would like for you to speak on this as well is how, like when you're already someone who seeks validation through external factors how how can you as a person, this is a serious question, run a successful business even when things are not, I guess, showing you those positive results the way that you would need? So how do you work through that?
1: Therapy. <laughs> everyone, everyone my, my should be in therapy. Is the goat. She's the greatest of all time. So if you're in California, I'll give you her contact info. She does telehealth. Um, but honestly, like she has really helped me, you know, look internally for, for my worth because, because external validation is what I was taught. It was like, oh no, the, the way you are is bad. Like that's negative. That's gonna, Mm. you know, that's gonna, and my parents have said like, oh, we're, we're sorry. We didn't make, mean to make you feel like who you are is bad. We just knew that it would make life harder for you which is a very immigrant thing to say I was just gonna say when you say these things it's just like Uh that was that's immigrant when you are a first
2: generation
0: Mm -hmm. American
2: up and up it's just how it is and they set these standards on you that are unrealistic Mm -hmm. um you are completely out of touch with what the world really is um and you always think that what you do will never be enough It is never enough um uh, it's a hard cycle to break
1: it's so hard and you know in therapy my my therapist was like i think you need to find a way to be okay um if your parents never understand you like will you be okay if they never understand you And that is something that has been really freeing to me to like Mm -hmm. work on because it's like, I mean, yeah, like I can't control them. (laughs) They're like, they're old. You know what I mean? Like they're Mm -hmm. old thinking the same ways their neural pathways are deep. Correct. You're not changing them. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like my need for that validation and that acceptance, like, i need I need to learn um not to attach what I think about myself correct. to that
0: correct and so when it comes to the business, I think um you know it's like I've learned to
1: give myself a lot of grace because before I would just beat myself up for not hitting certain numbers or not being able to meet these goals that I've set for myself, but I'm like. Dang, I'm dealing with a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean like mm-hmm.
0: you, have
1: to, you have to be gentle with yourself in a way that's you know, and I think there is something I struggle with is like how am I being too gentle with myself? You know what I mean like there uh when you're working for yourself in this kind of way, like there is a certain level of discipline that's required, right, but like if it's at the cost of your mental health, it's not. Worth it, and there are ways to kind of maximize the work that you do that you are able to do and uh, the the amount of work you're able to put into the business in ways that you know you're you don't have to work twelve hour days every day in order to meet these goals like there are certain things that we can do, and yeah, I just think it's really important to just be nice to ourselves like it's so easy to to beat ourselves up because it's it kind of gives us like a false sense of control you know what I mean if it's our fault it's up to us to do these things then then the power is in our hands which it is but I think it's like a delicate dance and balance of of just like really checking in with yourself. Cause it's so easy to just go, go, go nonstop. And then you find yourself having a panic attack or like I used to, I used to have full panic attacks and like faint on the freeway when my body was completely dysregulated. I've never told you this. No. I had to call called 911 like on the freeway. Cause I was like, I just fainted. I have to pull over. And then a fire truck came and uh, the firefighter was like, honey, you just had a panic attack. Right. i faint I fainted in a thrift store once, um from like yeah. the
2: pressure of the just, idea of having to find something or oh, just
1: from like just because my body, the stress, yeah, just my body was just not my body was trying to send me a signal that mm. was like, you need to relax, you need to you know you're not okay, like the way that you're living your life right now is not sustainable, like you need to figure this out. Like our bodies know, so I think, oh, yeah, I think finding if you can find some kind of practice where you check in with yourself, even if it's for a minute a day, doing like breath work and really going inward and being like, "How am I feeling today, really, you know, um, I think that's really beneficial because I didn't do that for a long time since i was having panic attacks and i was still like why am i not okay <laughs> my body was like we tried to tell you <laughs> we you tried didn't listen to tell us you we didn't listen um yeah because it's going to catch up to you <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah it's not it's not sustainable and like your life and your health is worth so much more than mm-hmm. a few good sales you know like right and you can come back so much stronger and so much more present when you do take care of yourself in that way.
2: This is something that we talked about in um the Patreon group in I don't remember if it was our goal setting for 2024 call that we did or if it was the end of 2023. I don't remember. Um but we had two calls recently and the topic came up of like I just feel so disconnected. I mm-hmm. just like I want to do well in this business, but I just can't get myself in that headspace, right, and that's the pressure that we put on ourselves, and one of the things, and something that I've had to learn, and it was not easy for me um if anyone knows me outside of like what you see on Instagram or whatever, it's like i am a, I'm very hard on myself and my Capricorn, I like things done a certain way, I have certain standards I put on myself that no one else does but me, like I put them there um be that the way that I grew up or whatever, fine. When I was going through my fertility journey, I had to change everything. I had to, I didn't have a choice. And it was the hardest thing that I had to do. But three things that I did that I still do to this day and I've done throughout pregnancy and I think it has helped me to have a, I don't wanna say easy pregnancy, but a pregnancy that's had minimal complications That. I have felt good the whole time. I I even said it to my husband today, I was like, I don't even feel pregnant. I don't because I've been taking such good care of myself on all different levels. So the first thing, and I recommend this for everyone because um, we all hate to like take time for ourselves and really reflect on what's happening, right? The best time to do it is first thing in the morning. When you first wake up, keep a journal near your nightstand, your phone, whatever you want to use and just take five minutes to just check in. How do we feel? What are the things we would like to accomplish? And if we don't like, it's okay, but what are the things that we feel right now? And then is and that just kind of sets you up for your day. That was like the first thing that I did. And that was hard because it forces you to really tap into a part of you that we all neglect yes. because we're workaholics and this is what we do. And we ignore all the all those things. Um. The second thing that I did that I think was crucial in not just the fertility part of it, but like balancing myself, uh, especially as a woman, our hormones are so sensitive. So if we are not balanced or our hormones are all over the place, and I'm, it's the same for men too, but with women, we're a little more sensitive to it, given the way that our bodies are structured. Every night I have the same routine. I drink a cup of tea. I go upstairs. I put my I put my skincare on, I put my PJs on, I put my sound machine on or I listen to some type of like sound bath music on YouTube. I put myself into bed. I don't touch any electronics. I might read a book sometimes, sometimes I don't, and I just be. And I'm asleep.
0: Mm.
2: Within 30 minutes at most I'm asleep. I have been a terrible sleeper my entire life because I never had an actual routine that settled me in for the night. And I stay asleep for the most part. Let's not count the last few months because I'm pregnant. So I don't stay asleep. But, wow. <laughs> but like I have real bad insomnia now. Um, but I'm I'm out and I actually feel rested. And that music will play all night long. And my, thankfully, I have a husband that doesn't care what's happening in the background. <laughs> it doesn't bother him. Um, so if you have a partner who is sensitive to that, maybe put AirPods in or something. But um, and I wake up and it's still going but it it almost calms me when I wake up like I don't feel like I wake up in a panic I feel like I gently wake up and I'm like ready to go for the day that was the second thing that I did the third thing that I did was I took an enormous step back from reselling <laughs> the one thing that none of us want to do when we're going and we're so successful at it and we're making the money and we feel like we're we're just we're doing the best I took a step back and it and it was hard it was so hard and I told this to the group and I'm telling all of you I struggled the first few months I felt like a failure because oh my god my numbers suck compared to last year I'm down five thousand six thousand dollars what am I doing but then I started to realize oh well I don't have a ton of stuff I have to process and my bookkeeping super easy because I'm just putting in those few things that are coming in, the sales, I'm still making the money I need to make. I'm not surpassing the money like I was previous years, but I'm I'm making what I need to. Um, It feels great to have money in a bank account and not touch it and not constantly swiping at the thrift store. It's amazing to not go into a thrift store and be okay with it. It's amazing to not source. It is the most freeing thing. I feel like as sellers no matter what realm of selling you're in, you almost, it's an addiction. You feel like you have to do it. You don't, you don't have to do it. feel like
1: you're missing
2: out on things. Yeah. Uh, Yes. So that was probably the biggest change that I did. As soon as I did those three things, it didn't happen overnight, but as soon as I did them, everything in my life changed. Everything. My, in terms of the fertility stuff, my numbers were getting better. My husband's numbers were getting better because my stress was not feeding. I wasn't feeding it off of him anymore. We were focusing on something that was very important to us. I mean, this can go for anyone. If you're homeschooling a child, this applies to everything, right? the The energy you put into something, I don't even know how to explain, how to put it into words, but like the energy that I was putting into the, my fertility stuff. I focused a lot of time on it, but I didn't realize what I was actually doing is focusing the time on me to heal myself
0: Mm -hmm. because
2: I took the, I took those steps to have a positive outcome in the fertility journey, which then led up, led up to, um, a natural pregnancy, which was not supposed to happen. It wasn't supposed to happen, but once I removed all these things, it took a few months. It happened on its own. So. I'm rambling, but
0: no, I feel like, you know, we all have a certain capacity,
1: right? We all Mm -hmm. have a certain amount of energy and we, um, to a certain extent are in charge of where we focus Mm -hmm. that energy. And I think Daniela, what you're saying in like, it, yeah. And it's so hard to like, especially for someone like you to, (laughs) Jamie to, knows me
2: very well <laughs>
1: to rein things in, you know what I mean? And because yeah. you do see the numbers change and it's so hard to let go of the, the attachment to that. And yep. like, um, you know, a lot of us, most of us, you know, we want to, we want to improve. We want to see things grow. We want to get mm-hmm. better. And so when we see, like, for me, I've been going through like a period of uh, like a hard time in my life, like really had a lot of depressive episodes lately and my numbers are down down and so like
2: I'm proud last... to say I have negative numbers right now amazing but it makes me really happy because it means I'm getting rid of all things that I don't need yes. so it's okay I'll be in the red for the first half of the year
1: that's fine <laughs> like but the last thing that we need to do like that I need to do if I'm I'm struggling with my mental health at this time is to add even more pressure mm-hmm. to myself you know what I mean? Cause that's not going to do anything. That's not going to, I'm not going to shame myself into quote unquote doing better, you know, like, yeah, I think it's really, it's a really good thing that you pointed out, like that you took your energy and you put it towards something that was important to you, just mm-hmm. healing yourself in order mm-hmm. to have this thing that you've been dreaming about for so mm-hmm. long. You know what I mean? It's, it's really just so important that we take care of ourselves and like, yeah, not like this, it's really hard when this business is, you know, again, there's only certain things that we can control and it's really hard when it's just us doing it because mm-hmm one person we can blame when things aren't going well and it's us even if it's not you that's the problem even if it isn't you even if it is just like luck the Ex- you know and external is, factors
2: that we, we can't honestly. control
1: yeah, Yes. Exactly. the algorithm whatever it is it's right. like you have to find a way to to not put all of your worth in that and and find ways to Focus in on yourself and be like, how can I, how can I be kinder to myself while also navigating this thing? And I know that for people who are full-time, like, it's really hard and it's really yeah. stressful be- because you do rely on that income. And, um, I mean, life, <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. I think it's important to still take time for yourself and and accept help when it's offered to you and don't be afraid to ask for help if it means you know asking someone to help with some tasks in the business asking someone a family member to watch your kids while you mm-hmm. do something like i am somebody who really struggles to ask for help also when i need it um but that's what you know that's what communities for and that's what our loved ones are for I want to help my loved ones you know and I think yeah I just think it's an interesting season that we're in and seeing seeing that those of us who do struggle with with mental health and and are working tirelessly to improve it like it's interesting seeing how everybody is is navigating it and It's nice, I think, to feel, to feel seen in that way and, and to know that, like, it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Like, if you're struggling, it's fine. You know, it's, it's so normal and it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of or feel bad about. Like, I know that it can feel so bad.
2: But do you think the community itself has has been built on the notion of you got to keep going regardless? You got to push more. You've got to do oh, yeah. the next best thing. Yeah, I agree. I think it's yeah. been built this way.
1: One hundred percent. It's like you know the the whole thing of like hustle culture, right? And it's like especially in. Um, you know, in businesses where it's like you're working for yourself, like it's it's so boss babe, yeah but it's so like hashtag girl boss boss babe culture,
2: mm-hmm. um very millennial, let's just throw that
1: out there. Oh, this is a millennial way of thinking, God. so millennial coming from two millennials <laughs> yes um but yeah, I mean, like it is it's like a a badge of honor, you know what I mean? It's a badge of honor to be like I worked for 14 hours today and I'm going to sleep for 3 hours and then I'm going to do this thing, and then I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this and then I'm going to have a live sale and then I'm going to I list- package 150 yeah. items. And then I'm going to list 100 things. And I'm going to cross list them all and I'm going to do this and do that and people love to put it out on on social media and we all consume it and it's so hard (laughs) to see that and it's so Mm -hmm. hard to compare yourself and be like oh I didn't do anything
0: today I haven't
1: listed in one month
0: (laughs) um oops
1: (laughs) like so yeah I think that it's and it's you know, it's like exciting and it's exhilarating to see somebody like doing all of these things and making, you know, however much money they're making and feeling like I can do that too. If I do this, I can do that too. And yeah, but like at what cost, you know,
2: until something happens in their life, either to themselves or to a loved one, and then they're forced to stop. And we're all guilty. We've all been there. It's happened to all of us. It's just a matter of you sharing it or showing it on social media, right? Um, that's when it makes you pause and be like, what am I doing? Is this really worth it? Is it really worth it for me to lose time, for for me particularly, time after work, instead of going home, making dinner, like spending time, right, with my husband, is it worth it to me, leave work, go to the thrift store, be there for two hours to maybe find some stuff to then go home and then rush around and make dinner and like, is that worth it? And then for me to lose my, an entire weekend to doing just reselling stuff and then I go back to my full-time job on Monday, is that worth it? No.
0: You have to have a life.
2: Right. Yeah. And to those moms who are listening, who homeschool, who are the stay-at-home mom doing The mom, wife stuff. Like there's a lot that that is encompassed. a full-time job to do that. Um, And then also resell full-time. There's a lot. And I think you said it earlier, Jamie, you have to find your balance. So maybe that means that you create a detailed schedule for yourself and it's only three days a week that you work on reselling and you spend full-time hours, whatever you want to quote full-time hours at, those 3 days that you have designed for just reselling. You have to create a plan for yourself because if you just do it in between everything else, it it's it you're doesn't never, work.
1: Yeah. You're never going to be able to turn it off or and you're never going to feel like you're doing enough. Right.
2: Or you're never growing enough or you're you're growing so much and you want to keep growing right. because now you you see it, you feel it, right? You're like, oh, this is great. I love the money that's coming uh-huh. in. And now and now I have to stop myself. I'm not stopping. I don't right. care. What the, uh, the kids are going to go to bed and I'm going to go and do my reselling until three in the morning. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to sleep for three or four hours or until the kids get up. And then I'm going to get them to school and everything. And then I'm going to go back to reselling.
1: It's not yeah. healthy.
0: Mm-hmm. No. And, and I've like, so
1: many people do it. Like I said, it'll, it catches up to you. And like the burnout is so real. <laughs> like, and I think everybody, yeah.
2: we this. all experience it. You just have to be open to acknowledging it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And re rec- yeah, recognize that like, that's normal. It doesn't mean right. anything bad about you. It doesn't mean anything bad about your business. It doesn't like, again, kind of learning how to detach worth or meaning from, from those things and like letting go of, yeah. Letting go of like specific outcomes of mm-hmm. because there is so much that's not in our control. Um. Yeah. I think that's a really important piece because it's so, it feels so bad <laughs> to to not meet your goals or to ha- to have what you want happen, not happen. And then how do you, you know, how do you deal with that?
2: So let's talk about how you have found ways to focus on your mental health, to focus on the way that you're feeling, to find that balance. What are some things that you've done in your reselling business? Because reselling isn't your only thing. You you know, you are out there trying to find acting gigs, you're doing all these commercials, whatever it is that you're doing, right? how how are you balancing the reselling business because um that's a lot
1: <laughs> it's it's challenging and i um i'm someone who daniel can see my background i'm a not organized <laughs> i'm not uh is <laughs> a pile of stuff behind her no, it's not. um no i'm not an organized person by any means i am messy and I don't, I'm not great with like scheduling things for myself. Like I'm, I'm a really great employee. Like I'm a really good employee for somebody else. And so it's been such a learning curve for me to like figure this out working on my own because I'm like, Oh, no, one's going to tell me to do something. (laughs) Like I am going to do something. Um, so I've learned like, so I've I live in LA and my last episode we talked about like specific brands that yep. I like. And so I'm really lucky in that I'm able to find things um that typically have a higher ASP. Mm-hmm. Um and so I am able to and I focus my sourcing like there I could I could source a lot of different things. I could source things if I wanted to list like 50 things a day, not 50. Okay, let's relax. But if I- was going to say, I'm not even too, I could never do that. I wanted to list, I don't know, more than the five a day that I list, I could find things that have like, you know, a $30 ASP or whatever. But I focus on things that have a, a higher ASP. So I have to do less work. Mm-hmm. Like that is the most- Um, important thing that I have learned to do and to, like, to batch work. Like, I hate, I hate taking pictures and (laughs) measuring. Like, I hate it so much. But if I do it all, if I give myself an hour to do it, and I really focus on doing it, I can get what I need done. And I'm gentle with myself. I'll say like, this is how much I want to list today. If I don't get it done, it's not the end of the world. Like I right. will still be breathing and I, you know, that's fine. That's fine. This business ebbs and flows and I can make up for it or I don't have to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. I, it's fine if I don't. And so I think finding the things for me that helped me feel good mentally and physically that will allow me to do work. Like those are the non-negotiable things for me. Yeah. So, um, I, like sleep is so important. Daniela touched on that. So like, it's important for me to get to sleep by a certain time. It's important to me to exercise. <laughs> like that has been a huge factor in my mental health. Like I've started going back to yoga a few times a week and it has like my nervous system is so <laughs> much more regulated like it it just completely puts me in my body it helps me take a break from my mind which is going 100 miles per hour every second of every day um have you noticed that resellers Almost stop
2: or get rid of their exercise routines once yeah. they get hooked on it. Huh? All of and us I, do
1: it. I did too. I did too. Then I was like, "Oh, I need this. <laughs> like, I actually need this." Yep. Um, sunlight. <laughs> like, I have a dog. Five minutes a day. Yes. Eyes in the sun. Period. Eyes in the sun. Morning. Go out and mm-hmm. eyes in the sun. Um. Luckily, no I sunglasses.
2: <laughs> No,
1: don't, their like, eyes stare
0: at the sun, yeah though.
1: don't yeah don't don't <laughs> stare, stare directly it. into the sun <laughs> to be clear don't do that okay no that's not good um, but yeah like sun on the skin sun in your eyes like co-regulating with like a pet or a person who yeah. is calm with a calm nervous system like those are all things that help me feel good mentally and physically so that I can do the work that I need to do focused work like Mm. I am someone who before I would be like all over the place I'd be like oh I'm gonna take a picture of one thing here now I'm gonna clean this pair of shoes and now I'm gonna do my inventory and now I'm gonna do you have ADD
2: serious question
1: um I think so I've never been diagnosed but I honestly think I do I don't want to
2: self-diagnose, but. Yeah, no, no, no. No, just the, like, the behaviors that you're speaking of. Oh, yeah. This is like teacher brain Daniela, coming out where it's like, you know, you're describing my students that would like do this one math problem, but then I got to go look over here because this is going on. And then I got to go over here because I need to do this. Yeah, it's definitely. hard to focus. when you When you mm-hmm. struggle with that ability to focus on one task at a time, you need to, the structure you have to create for
1: yourself. It's hard. It's so hard. And then right. I'm like
0: paralyzed
1: by, yes. I'm like, don't do anything.
0: You know what I mean? Yes. So
1: really coming up with tasks to do and not overloading myself, because then I'm going to feel so bad about myself if I don't call mm-hmm. the boxes. That's something that's been really important for me. A, in achieving things and B, in not beating myself up about not getting stuff done, not getting all yeah. of the things done. Yeah. I
2: think you see this common theme in the reselling community that, um, people get paralyzed, like you said, by the work that's in front of them. And a lot of it is because most, not all, most people that dive into this business have never had to create that structure for themselves um, because they're the sole person. And then if they do have employees, yes, they've had to create structure, but some people still fail at creating the structure for themselves. So I can create a structure for someone else, but I cannot create the structure for myself and the things that I need to do for the business. Um, I've seen, and maybe it's because maybe it depends on your work background too, because when I was in the retail world, everything is structured in retail is you cannot stray from whatever is it is in that corporate world right and then in the marketing space I was given more freedom to do things but still structured because there's certain quarterly goals that have to be met like but it's up to you to do that you need to meet those quarterly goals so what are you going to do to get that and then in the teaching realm There's structure everywhere. Right. So my, my entire background has been structure even now, now I'm in government, forget it. There's, there's no outside the box. You are in the box and these are all the things that have to happen. And these are the steps. And if you don't like it, sorry, you're not going to make it in this, in this world. So for me to dive into reselling, it was very easy to create a structure for myself. Mm -hmm. Now, someone like you, who I love, (laughs) <laughs> Most of my friends are like you. And and this is like this says something about me that the Capricorn wants to be around people who are disorganized. Because I see where you at? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's like my brain, my almost all my friends are this way. All my mm-hmm. close friends is they don't have the same structured mindset as I do. I almost I I need it. I need to see it. I need to feel it. It almost like fills me up to be around people like this. But I can see where you who acting which is not necessarily a structured
1: or stable there's no no structure there's no stability
2: (laughs) right and now you're taking and it fits your personality fits who you are right because you are very free-spirited so it fits that and now you're taking you who is like this and placing it into this business where you're required to formulate some type of plan right
1: that's it's gotta be hard. It's really hard, and it takes. It's taken a lot of time, and I'm also not like. As good as it at it as I want to be, you know what I mean. Like yes. I still feel like God. I could have. I should have done it this way, or. Oh,
2: Did no, you tomorrow. use any methods, or do you use any methods to kind of like like a Pomodoro method or anything to kind of help you?
1: I don't. I do like in my head. Like I'll give myself. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah. I'll be a like. Cue. I don't know. Yes. I'm going to listen to this podcast and I'm going to do as much photographing and measuring as I can in that time. And then I'm going to okay. lunch and then I'm going to. Okay. You know, so you're you, yeah, your own way of doing it. Yes, exactly. I can't, I have to find a way. This is important also is like finding a way that works for you. Like, I think there are so many, this business is great because you can find oh, systems that work for you. You know what I mean? I feel like mm-hmm. there's like this is the best way to do it and it's like no like for you my way's better <laughs> right exactly like you need you just try things out and see what works best for you what feels best for you what makes you feel good about the business and and literally just how you feel inside mm-hmm. um and again it comes down to like not comparing yourself to other people. Like learn from other people, you know, get ideas from other people, but don't, you know, don't you're not married to a certain system. No. There's a one size fits all for anyone. And I think that's clear in the community. You can look at anybody's business and be like, oh, everybody does it a little bit differently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and so finding the way that feels good for you and working in that in that system, I think is really important. And not feeling like a failure if you try somebody else's system <laughs> it doesn't work for you. Right. I feel like on the first, maybe the first episode I was on like the round table, I was talking about like how someone in LA like goes to the bins and stuff. And I was like, I'm gonna go to the bins. And I went and I was like, I hate it. <laughs> like thanks, I hate it so much. I hate it. I yes. hate it. I got, like, four things, and then I got home, and they were all, like, damaged, <laughs> and I was like, cool, cool, love it, you know, what I, I did mean? great, and then, and then I watch people, like, absolutely kill it, and have amazing businesses that, like, only shop at the bins, and I'm like, that's mm-hmm. awesome, like, that's great, love that, like, no, not for me, <laughs> yeah.
0: and that's fine. It's so
2: true,
1: you know, it's so true, I, um, I'm
2: thankful that I made those errors very early on
0: mm-hmm.
2: and realized that like, no, Daniella's not gonna do this. This mm-hmm. is not happening, um, but some people, and I think if you're newer to reselling, and there's a lot of people who are newer that listen,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, because you see certain influencers in the community or people with larger followings do things a certain way, you feel like that's the only way to be successful. And that is a lie. That is a myth. You can take what they do, pick the aspects of it that you like that will fit your life and then find what works for you. Mm -hmm. Because bin shopping does not work for me either. Will I do it on occasion as like hanging out with a friend or like a bonding kind of thing? Yeah. Do I find some stuff? Sure. Would I do it all the time? No. Absolutely not. Will you find me in a consignment store all day long? Will you find me online sourcing? Absolutely. Do I go into a traditional thrift store? Yes, but it annoys. It annoys me.
1: We'll just leave it at
2: that. The traditional thrift is not my jam. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I'll look at the new racks. I'll look at the new color, and if I find like one good thing in the first ten minutes, I'll stay. That's
2: my rule too. Or like, if if you find you're going through the new colors right on the rack. Here's a tip for newbies. Oh, yeah. Find out what the colors are, right? Figure out what the new color is. Those new colors are always typically the first ones on the rack. Generally, not always. But if you go into like a Sabres or Value Village, they're the first ones. Goodwill is a little different.
1: Goodwill's Other have, stores. At, my, at mine, they have the date that the item was put out. So okay, that's, that's helpful.
2: Good. So you look for just that. And if you're finding whatever, good, whatever you consider a good piece, Let's say you find like two or three and you notice they're the same size. Guess what you're going to do now? You're only going to look at that size and you're only going to look at the new colors that are out. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's all you're going to do. And you're going to be in and out in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Unless they're wheeling new things out. Then that's a different story. Yeah, then you stay. But if if they're not wheeling anything, then you don't have to stay. Go back the next day and see if there's any more good stuff. And if there's not, then you don't need to go back anymore because the chances of more coming out is slim yeah. um it took me a while to learn that though yeah i used to but stick once i learned like it hours. me too but then once i learned it i was like oh i don't need to be here for two or three hours i can be here and be in and out in 20 to 40 minutes depending fantastic i can do this but a thrift store still requires a lot of time and effort
0: mm-hmm.
2: where i can curate what i want like online sourcing, or going to consignment stores, or buy sell, buy sell trades that I know are going to have the pieces that I'm looking for,
1: and those stores don't take you long to go through, right? Because so, they've already
0: done the hard part, which correct. is like
1: checking brands, condition, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. right? So then it just comes down to price, right? Like. Right. What's the
2: price point like? Sometimes you walk in and out of a consignment store because the prices are just not going to work for you or a buy, sell, trade store. And there are times they miss things because there are new brands all the time and they don't yep. know all the brands. They don't. Um, that was probably one of my hardest lessons that I learned when I first started. So if you are feeling overwhelmed by the sourcing part of it, I promise that part gets easier. Yeah, you need to just understand. Awesome. Yeah, it's practice. What you want to sell, narrow that down. If you want to be an everything seller because you have to be an everything seller, I get that. I completely understand that. And that's a whole nother ball game that I've never had to experience. So I can't speak to that, but there are other people in the community who are everything sellers and run very successful businesses. I have come to find out that I hate selling tops. I don't like blouses. Like why do I even pick them up? He hates a blouse. Um, I can't sweaters coats jeans dresses shoes handbags like that's kind of like my it thing but even handbags I'm super selective now
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's just it's so easy for them to be like messy and gross and like yes. I don't want to like shake someone's crumbs out of the bag You know, <laughs> like the condition has to
0: be good
1: <laughs> shoes are a no-brainer I will
2: focus all I will focus time on shoes all day long the return is really good and they sell well coats and dresses. I feel like is just something that I've come to love and jeans. Jeans are so big. Like everyone loves jeans. Everyone wants to wear jeans.
0: and they're easy. Um,
2: it just, I tried home goods for a little bit for fun. I was like, I'm going to pick up pieces that speak to me that I would buy my own home.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
2: was very like, I only, I think I maybe purchased 15 items. I have five left. I can't wait. I think I'm just going to donate them because Mm -hmm. home goods is not for me. I feel like that's hard. It's so hard. It requires like understanding, especially if you do vintage. Like I just don't have that now. I'd have to learn a whole new database of knowledge.
1: Yeah. I am not in that season. (laughs) You're like, I got other things on my mind. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) So many like specifics. And like intricacies and like certain aesthetics and certain brands. Yes. And, oh, these, this design from this brand does really well, but this design, like, don't even bother. It's, it's mm-hmm. a lot. And I think you have to have like a, like a real passion for that kind of thing in order to be, to like stay motivated <laughs> to do it. I think I like, if I were the kind of person who sold at like markets, like that could be fun yes. because then mm-hmm. everything is in person and people can like touch and feel and like really see the pieces. But from, yeah, I feel like it would be really hard to do like on an online marketplace. Yeah. I mean, people are successful with
2: it. We have people oh, in yeah. the group who are super successful with home goods awesome. and mm-hmm. I think it's great, but yeah, cool. not for me. Um, we talked, we, you briefly mentioned, being disorganized with your items right
0: yeah she says like
1: <laughs> i don't want to talk actually, about it my inventory is actually pretty organized i gotta say like i've i've not lost i've not like misplaced something that i've sold in literal years and for that i'm proud
0: very like proud my of you spreadsheet for
1: that. the spreadsheet is very organized and my pieces are organized but like me my she's she's a disorganized mess (laughs) my
2: unprocessed
0: stuff no yeah
2: well I I think this is something that people struggle with and and I also think it can really affect someone's mental health is when you don't have these systems put in place for yourself with inventory or uh, whether it's processed or not processed and now you're living in a state of chaos and it's taking over your life your room your house whatever it is your storage unit and now you've got to try to work in it Yes. I, it. I just. I had to do it. When I was in a one bedroom apartment, and it like it was so hard for me because it was in my bedroom. Yeah. Everything was in my bedroom, and my inventory was growing. And they finally got to a point where Matt walked in one day, and he was like, "I can't even walk into our room anymore. You've got to get rid of some of this stuff." Like yeah. I can't, even though it was in totes. He was mm-hmm. like, "We can't even walk in this space anymore." Right. He's like, "When you when we get the house, you can." Get whatever you want upstairs, which go figure, get the house, and I downsize completely, and I'm like, it's too much, I can't do it, it's too much <laughs> yeah. um but I think that when you have things
0: mm-hmm. because
2: all these things have energy, okay, whether we wanna believe in that or not, they all have some sort of energy over us, and they're everywhere. How are you supposed to focus on that right? I think that
1: that is something that I struggle with.
0: Um, <laughs> she shows me her pile.
1: But it's something that like that I am in process of of working through. Like my my processed inventory is fine. My spreadsheets are fine. I have things and this is another thing that you will learn as you you know, as you go through yep. reselling and and get further along in your business is like you will realize the things that you don't want to (laughs) do like for me for me personally it's like repairs Mm.
0: um
1: excessive cleaning like eh, no 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 excessive like stain treating no and I know that there are some people who like restore things beautifully and like they love to mend and they love to do those things and that's great but I found myself like with a pile of things that I've just haven't gotten to when it comes to mending or cleaning or whatever. And so I've been going through actually this week and I've been like, I've been either sending extremely aggressive offers on things that I've had for a long time or things that are flawed that I don't want to fix. Like I've just been putting them up and like trying Mm -hmm. to get them gone. Um, I've, I've started a pile for things that I'm going to donate things that I'm going to take to a buy, sell, trade store. And then if they don't take that, just get rid of it. Like I'm, I think the, the less stuff that you can have um, around you, the more at peace you will feel. And like, this is, you know, this is so true. This is why Marie Kondo's show and her book were so popular mm-hmm it really does have such an effect on on your energy and your mental health and it's funny because it is a cycle right where it's like if you're struggling with your mental health if you're struggling with depression or anxiety it's so hard to keep a neat space even though you know that having a neat space and an organized space and less clutter will help your mental health it's like mm-hmm. this cycle of pain <laughs> so True. i think Finding for me, like, obviously it's not organized in here, like fully, but it's like taking little steps each Mm -hmm. day, even if you can put a few things in a donate pile and like get them out of your sight for a little bit, like just doing something small each day to like, and then you're motivated by that progress. Once you see things happening, once you are able to, you know, walk around freely in your space, like that feels so good. It does. And and it makes the work easier. Like once you, you know, eliminate the things that you realize you really don't want to do things that you're not going to do as much as you try to (laughs) tell yourself you're going to get around to them. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like, yeah. You have to kind of weigh what's worth it to you and what's worth it. Like what's worth your energy and what's worth your mental capacity exactly
2: what you said about like slowly going through things I've been doing that for the last I'd say almost a year mm-hmm. and I'm finally at a point where I, I'm almost down to the 500 items I'm, I have like 75 more items to go Cause 500 is like the number I sent my brain that I want to get to by March end of March that's what I'm giving myself so um it's hard to part with these items I will admit that it is very hard to part with certain items. It's very hard to be sending out those aggressive offers and only making $3. Um, there's, It's it's a therapeutic process that you have to go through within your business. Every business owner goes through this, no matter what they sell. Um, there are just products that fail, that just didn't work. And it's the cost of business and you just got to deal with it. And then you, that money you recoup you invest into the new things that are going to be worth your time and worth the space. Um, I think everyone needs to do that this year. I think we've all collected things over the last two to three years. And a lot of it doesn't work anymore within our reselling space. And we need to reassess all these items. And some of them might've never even been listed and they're just still sitting in a pile. Like, Now it's time to go through all of that. I say, like, my rule is always, I do one tote at a time. And if I have energy to do a second tote, I do a second tote or a third. But if I don't, I don't. It is what it is. I go through my hanging rack first of items that I have thrifted that, for whatever reason, are still sitting in my rack five months later, and I don't know why. Um, It's because it doesn't interest me. And I should have never picked it up in the first place, right? So I would do the same thing. Right. Donate pile. Thread up pile, uh, buy, sell, trade pile, consignment, whatever it is. And then each weekend, because for me, it's the weekend, I pick one location that I'm going to go to. Okay, today's donate. Get all the donate stuff, throw it in the car. All gets donated. Okay, today's going to be buy, sell, trade. All the buy, sell, trade stuff, we're all going to dump it there, you know, and we'll deal with that. Whatever they don't take, I donate immediately. As soon as I'm out of the buy, sell, trade, I go right to the thrift store to donate. And I don't walk into the thrift store. Because I don't want to make decisions with money I've just recouped. I want to wait. I want to focus on what it is I need to focus on. I want to see what my inventory looks like. I try to be methodical about it because I can easily make the mistake of getting that money and going straight to the thrift store after I donate and look for things Mm
0: -hmm.
2: without even really knowing what it is I need to be buying. Right. Because I just got rid of a bunch of stuff that did not work. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been like what I've been doing. And it has made me feel so good. And I still have two more totes to go through, but they're very spring, summery pieces. So I'm waiting until February to drop those off because I feel like right now, yes, they would take them, but I feel like some of them, they would probably say no to because it's a little too soon. Um, So those two totes I'll do in February and whatever I get, I get. I really don't care. I'm going to, for example, today or yesterday, yesterday, I sold a pair of jeans for um twenty dollars in free shipping. uh I made eight dollars and three cents, and the item cost me fifteen fifteen dollars. oh yeah, I made no money. I don't care.
1: you lost money, yeah, but it's like it's freeing up that space, yes. that mental space, that physical space, mhm, and that's worth that's worth more correct <laughs> oh, and it was yeah. a bad buy. I've had it for two years. It's gotta mm-hmm. go right. I don't you, care. You can't wait for, you know, a twenty-five dollar offer. <laughs> you
0: know, just to and take that.
1: Maybe someone will buy it in
2: three years, right? Maybe if that right buyer even sees it. How mm-hmm. hard has it gotten to even be seen on these platforms now? Like, and this is where where you said you've really specified brands and styles and average selling prices being higher for you being helpful is because you're tapping into a different market Mm -hmm. when you are selling very generic bread and butter type uh, bread and butter means different to each person. Um, but those brands that are very common, you're
1: not going to get seen the same way. Hard. Or you're going to need to, you know, price extremely competitively. You're going to have to be the the least expensive listing in order to move those pieces. Mm -hmm. yeah, so it really is like for me, I don't have the mental capacity <laughs> for a business like that. I just can't. Yeah I can't. I don't have yeah, I can't do it. So again, yeah, finding out what works for you. And it is it is I, I'm in awe of people who sell like hundreds of things for fifteen dollars. I'm like I know. That's crazy and that's awesome. And they're making six plus figures. Yeah, amazing. Make way more than me. Yeah, like good for you. I applaud you. You're incredible. Like I can't. Can't I can't and I won't. Okay,
2: and that's okay. I think we've all tried the different. Like, oh yeah, those of us who've been in it for five plus years have tried all of the business models, Mm -hmm. and you'll finally find what works for you. And, um. I'm the same thing. That would never, I can't, I can't. <laughs> it requires too much time, too much energy, a lot of shipping. As it is, I ship like every three to four days. Sorry, I work a full-time job. I can't ship every day.
0: And
1: just like too much stuff. Well, that too. So much like, stuff. Then
2: there's other expenses that come up. There's, right. a, there's a lot, right? There's a lot of factors that go into that. Um, but yeah. I've noticed this and I've heard people say it where like, Over the last few years, they've just accumulated so many things. And I almost feel like because of COVID, there was this fear of never having like things to list, things to sell. That people like
0: hoarded
2: a bunch Mm -hmm. of stuff and are still in that mindset. And we don't need to be in that mindset. Right. Um, But I feel like people haven't broken away from that. And now all of a sudden they're sitting in a pile of things and they're like, I don't even want any of these things
1: yeah and it's like the guilt that you spent money on them exactly it's like oh uh, this the sunk cost fallacy where it's like oh god I spent this much money on it though so I need I need to mm-hmm. sell it for this amount but it's like yeah again just really weighing how much is it really worth like emotionally <laughs> <laughs> emotionally and sure. mentally like how much is that thing really worth and can you let go of that and not make it mean anything about you? Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like oh, whoops, I messed up. Like, wish I didn't <laughs> do that. That's fine. All of us feel that way a lot. Yeah. <laughs> how do you think
2: live will end on this note? How do you think live selling has affected people in our community, if at all?
0: I to be mind honest-
2: you. Both of us have not, live sold, <laughs> I so we're just say, gonna throw like, that out there.
1: To be honest, I don't know, because <laughs> I'm, like, so out of, out of the loop. Um, I felt, I did feel, like, a little bit of pressure. I was like, oh, God, mm-hmm. am I gonna have to do this? Like, me?
0: <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> you know, like, uh, um, I, I don't know. Like, I... I know that there are people who like exclusively do it,
1: which again is something that is incredible to me, like I can't even imagine having the the energy <laughs>
2: to do that not not even just that, but like how do you organize that like how well, do you create processes for that?
1: yes, like first of all, <laughs> I could never
0: like yeah. <laughs> yeah, in case point like I could never do that um but I think.
1: I yeah like I know there are people who who have shows that are like hours long and that I can only imagine that 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 takes like such a toll like an energetic and mental toll on people and I think that it takes a certain a certain kind of person to do that. And again, going back to not being pressured to to do things just because other people are are doing it even if it will cost you something mm-hmm. um, i think that's again really important to remember because i haven't done it i have no intention of doing it like sometimes i'll sell things on my instagram stories and even then i'm like oh god <laughs> i can't and i'm not gonna coordinate all this and i gotta i like DM show my face for people. talking about it and i'm like oh god I can't <laughs> <laughs> so hard oh.
2: <laughs> um and i don't think either one of us will ever do it i like tease it sometimes <laughs> I'm like maybe i'll do one and see what it's like to experience it and then i really sit back and think about it i'm like no right i don't want to do that i just i just know myself and like if it were to be successful now i feel like i need to do this every time that would be me
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah because it worked well right. then now i need to do it at least once a week.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Who am I to do a live show once a week? That would that would just it would never work. I would burn myself out. Like I burn- think
1: it'd be the first live show I ever watch, Daniela. Yeah. You do it. Yes. So
2: I'm not going to do it. Okay. I'm not <laughs> good. No. I don't want no. <laughs> because I don't want to watch it no I really don't I like the idea and the concept of it I do think it's a fun way to connect with people because I love connecting with people that's who I am but I don't have the mental real estate for it and I also just don't think I want to be on like that after Mm -hmm. work hours like Mm -hmm. I've been on all day working and now I gotta come home and now not only be on as like a wife but now as a mom. Mm-hmm. And then do a live show. I don't I don't think this
1: Capricorn could handle that.
0: No.
1: I would yeah, this Pisces, this introverted Pisces would that's be like say, I what I'm gonna, gonna talk part, about you, okay? <laughs> sleep for five days after my 15 minute live show.
2: <laughs> well that that's the thing too. I feel like I would also be the type of person to rush through it. Like mm-hmm. I'd be like, all right, 30 minutes guys, then we're getting we're gonna get out of here. Yeah, right? well, I'm, I'm in and out. <laughs> So, anyways, I don't know. We'll see how where live selling takes people. But I do think people yeah. have taken a step back from it because mm-hmm. it is a lot. And it can't just like reselling was for us when we first started being addicting. Live selling is addicting to people. 100%. It's new, it's mm-hmm. fun. You know, people love seeing success with it, but at what cost?
1: Yeah. And there's a pressure to it's like when there's a new social media platform, right? It, there's a pressure to- That like, I refuse to go on, yes. Right, be successful early or like, you know. Yeah. Still don't have a TikTok,
2: so. I will never have a TikTok.
1: <laughs> never.
2: It's bad enough that I watch Instagram reels, okay? I know, same. <laughs> so that's bad enough. But like the Instagram reels that I watch are like animals and cooking. It's <laughs> like always animals yes so i i don't need tiktok i don't need like you know i i feel the same way about like youtube and stuff like it was fun but i have no intentions of going back to it really? it was like another thing that really drained me yeah podcasting doesn't drain me i have fun doing it yeah I so think- if it's still fun
1: and exciting then i'm gonna keep doing it yes i think that that is a really important thing to pay attention to When it comes to things like this, where it's like, you know, your life doesn't depend on it, (laughs) where it's like, you know, be be mindful of where you put your energy and where, where you focus, because it's your life, man. But if your
2: livelihood does depend on reselling and it's not providing the things that you need anymore, then I think at that point, it's okay to maybe step away. Mm-hmm. and get a job outside of their home or change the type of stuff that you're selling online maybe you really love to sew maybe you have are good good at crocheting maybe you start to dabble in doing more handmade stuff maybe you start making soaps and lotions and like there's so many different things that you can do um but we've seen people in the community go back to the workforce too because just reselling didn't do it for them anymore
1: and that is not it, a failure at all no no Which is- important to remember and i i struggle with that with acting because you know it's so there's like a 0.0001% chance that like we make it as a like yeah. to make a full-time income from acting is so difficult and so that's something that i'm constantly grappling with is like i am not a failure if i don't make it like there are so many factors that play into it and Again, like not putting my self worth in anyone else's hands and a career path's hands mm-hmm. um, is so important to remember. And that goes for reselling or literally anything. Yeah. I help. mean, if you still want to be able to be home, the opportunities
2: to work from home now are like no other. Like you can find something else working from home. So you still have that flexibility mm-hmm. of. Being in your space and not having to worry about travel and you know daycare and all these different things, like there are ways to do it. um So don't feel like you're stuck in reselling either. Mm-hmm. I feel like some people have this notion where, well, I won't be able to be my own boss. Well, that's not true. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: It it's hard not to take bad. take things personally when you are the one who made the choice. Mm-hmm. And you know, we put. We put so much pressure on ourselves to succeed and to be good at. And and I think we can all be a little bit nicer
2: to ourselves. So in 2024, that's the goal. Yes. We're going to be nicer to ourselves. Yeah. We're going to be kind. And we're going to, yes, yes, to ourselves and to others. Um, We are we are in an election year after all. Let's just all be nice. Um, mm. yeah, I know I'm dreading the end of the year. <laughs> Oh. summer going into the end of the year um we all need to give ourselves a little grace we need to actually assess what's going on in our lives and in our business try to make things align better so that we aren't stress cases 24
1: 7 like i think
2: this speaks to a lot of people including ourselves
1: Yes, so this is really just for me to listen back to. Yeah,
2: this <laughs> but, is just Jamie's therapy session. Like,
1: Jamie, you have good advice. <laughs> Take it.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: you do have good advice. Yeah, I don't, I just don't
2: listen to it. It's fine. Same, because why would we? As different as we are, we're also very similar. I know,
1: I know. That's why we
2: get Okay, <laughs> uh-huh. It's true. And I'd say the one good thing about being so deep in reselling is that I've made some really good friends that's about like the like the real big positive thing that's come out of like really diving into reselling is that you meet some really amazing people that you would have never met
1: right there's like we our paths would never cross otherwise no
2: unless you happen to come to Rhode Island and we happen to be in the same place at the same time
0: yeah
1: and we happen to like start talking Which d- wouldn't happen. So. Yeah, I wouldn't I I don't know. I never talk to strangers, so like. Right. And
2: I would probably have
1: some kind of mean look on my face and you'd be like, Wow, oh, sh- same. No, I'm a RB- nice RBF queen over yeah. here.
2: Anyways, hopefully this was helpful. We ramble, but that's okay. Sorry. I think it was helpful. It was helpful for me. Yeah, I
1: feel good. I feel yeah. a really <laughs>
2: No, but I I do, I I plan on, all the things we talked about are things that I plan on doing this year and just, I don't know what reselling is going to look like for me this year. And I think that's the part that's the hardest for me. And I'm starting now to be okay Mm -hmm. with not having the plan, right? And not really knowing and creating a structure that will work for me. Yes. Be proud.
1: I'm proud. Because this is not, this is not. not, You're letting go of control and expectation, and it hurts to even hear you talk about it.
0: (laughs) You can do it. Be more like. I'm going to
2: be more like Jamie. Well, I don't know. Disorganization in the background. I can't do that, though. That's okay. (laughs) All right, guys. um, I'll be back next week with
0: Jen. So I hope you guys have a great week, and uh, we'll chat soon. Bye. Bye.